the record button has been pressed, so it is time for... Going somewhere. Joel's finding the flow. Like, real philosophical sort of discussions. You know when people get high? <laughs> it's pure Joel. Don't count your fans before they hit. I think I'm open I mean, your I'm in my mind head. with I think I'm gonna hit. Finding the flow with Joel Franklin. Guess Sam Leopold. Hey everybody, how you doing out there? I have been um well I uh, Hey everybody. Um this is Joel, Find of the Flow with Joel. Nice to see you all again. I have uh, put put the I, I made the podcast um, on like Wednesday night this week, and I had a nice interview with Sam Leopold. Uh, but I didn't do any feedback during that time because I realized that when you have guests, it's very hard to do feedback. So. Um, so I just have a few things to say. I just listened to Dan and Scott's, uh, um, whatever you call it, talk along podcast, talk together, interview. I don't know if I call it interviews. I mean, I don't even know if I count what I do interviews. I mean, podcast interviews are different. They're like conversation interviews, conterviews, convertues, conterviews. Hmm. So, um... Uh, anyways, uh, I enjoyed it very much, um, and also I got confirmation sometime between then and, and now that uh, Chris has graduated, so there was no fuckery that happened. It was uh, all smooth sailing, and Chris is done, but yes, now it's actually probably the most horrifying time. He's got to find a job. I'm wondering if, Chris, you have a, you know, your parents fall back. I mean, you must have your parents fall back on. Though I know you've lived with your parents for so long before, I'm sure that that would be not what you ideally have in mind. Um, okay. And and then also, yeah, loving the, you know, the, the interviewing each other thing going on. I mean, Scott could just rotate through us all, you know. Um, I wouldn't mind listening to us, to us all, you know, interview each other all the time. You know, just us whacking each other off. Um, I whack you, you whack me. Uh, but I, I would, I wouldn't mind um, just trying to do, you know, a Skype three-way or four-way. Might be cool to have all of us here. Even, even throw in a, a few special guests along with us all. Who knows? It might be a whole big gold clusterfuck, but who knows? It might actually be. It's really awesome. You never know. But then it's kind of funny if we all four of us did it all together and we are pretty much the only people that listen to our podcast. And, you know, it's basically just us recording a, a conversation that we all heard and who would want to listen back to it. I don't know. Just kind of interesting thinking about that. I guess we, we'd have to push it out to the other people if we ever did all four of us because uh, we already heard the conversation. Ooh, so, anyways, moving on, Dan, uh, I don't think I've heard anything this week, I'm sure Dan's got something new, he's been, 
he's been solid. He usually lets us know when he's not going to have a podcast out, and so I, I'm sure there's one out there right now. Um, but anyways, so yeah, I uh, you know I got a little kick out of the starting shit with Joel uh, thing. Um, the the only thing I, I mentioned about that is that uh, uh, Dan said something about how I how I was looking at his notes and said Mayflower and then I was like uh oh, fuck that or I can't remember that. I mean it's it's not you know it's the same thing we've all been talking about like I've been every once in a while I'll get my podcast out on a Saturday and then you guys all have your podcast out on Sunday and so you got fresh fresh mind to reply to mine and and I have a whole week to reply to yours and so it's hard unless you take solid notes it's just so hard to remember everything but either way I, um, we all know that uh, everything's fine between me and Dan. We're having a great time. It's 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 actually it makes things interesting when we you know stir things up a little bit. And I think that we're on to something about this whole family shit. You know, uh, Dan and I kind of both share uh, relatively larger families. I mean, Dan's got what four? He's got a brother and two sisters. So that's that's big enough to have the sort of dynamics I had. A lot of, you know, I'm sure a lot of dysfunctional birthdays and, uh, or, well, dysfunctional get-togethers, family get-togethers. I mean, the way that Dan talked about his, his, uh, sisters and his brother and his, like, his Christmas and everything. It sounds like we got some stuff in common there. So we got, uh, a lot of defensiveness there and, and, and we... The thing is, I think we crave it, you know, that's the thing, you know, we crave conflict. Um, so, so I guess that's it. So, so anyways, this, this is being recorded post the, uh, interview I did with Sam Leopold, uh, who is the owner of the Mermaid Studios, the studios that, uh, I've been using. Uh, I did, I don't know if I mentioned I'm recording this on my, my tablet right now just to, to get it done. I don't have time to get out there. So, um... I don't even know how the quality is going to be on this, but I don't. I don't really care. Um, it, it looks like it's clipping a whole bunch, but I, hopefully it's not going to be sounding that bad. I, I don't know what to do. I can't hold it far enough away from myself. So, so anyways, it was. I, I actually thought it turned out really, really awesome. Um, I was really uh, impressed with it, and uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it'll all speak for itself when you listen to it. So please enjoy, and I, I love everything I'm hearing from you guys. I'm sure Dan has a podcast out, so I'll be, look forward to listening to that, and uh, I'll see you all. Sam Leopold in studio today. <laughs> all right, bring the up here. Um, so Sam is the, uh, the person who owns Mermaid Studios um, and introduced me to the place. He's playing some... Uh, what, what do you call that? Steel? What, what's that guitar? Uh, it's a dobro. Dobro. Now, when I saw a dobro played last time, I saw it like specifically played a lot with the um, with the, the bar, you know, or the slide. Slide, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Uh, is that typical for a dobro? Sure, it's uh, totally. It's all typical for the dobro. The uh, slide, uh, which I just took off before we started, uh, I would have demonstrated, but um, now I'm just playing it like a regular guitar. I got the string sitting right down on the nut, and mm -hmm. uh, if I was going to be playing it with a slide, I would uh, have the strings up. Yeah, that's what. Because so you can change that on the spot. 
No. I can't change it on the spot. On or the I mean, spot not on the spot. I mean, you change you changed it, it takes in like five minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah five ten minutes. minutes. So yeah. what what do you have to put on there? I, I put a piece of metal on here. I oh, got just this a piece in, of metal. in Australia. Okay. Uh, in a junk shop, uh, I used to oh, cool. collect um, these old guitars. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, I had this idea for old guitars that uh, I would buy these really junky guitars and strip all of the. Um, paint off them whatever you know uh -huh. usually they're catalog guitars they were sold in the old montgomery wards catalogs or the uh -huh. uh, sears catalogs so so they're generally you know so so yeah they're junk junk absolute yeah. junk you get them for 25 to 75 dollars yeah. the necks are bent so uh -huh. since the necks are bent they're they they're, they're bent up in a certain way that that if you put a slide on them uh well you know all you got to do is play with a slide because the action's so high, you can't hold the strings down with your fingers. So, so it's poor action, but but you could make per something of it with a slide. Perfect. So it's slide, just like yeah. a dobro. Yeah. In yeah. a sense. I yeah. Mean. That's like this 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 piece of junk over here. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. This is this is a perfect example of it actually. Yeah. Uh, except this one, the neck is bent in the wrong direction. But the uh, I had I had uh, this piece of metal might have been actually on that guitar when I got it. So what I wanted to do was make a whole uh, thing called prison guitars, and take these guitars to prisons and have the best tattoo artists in the prisons do uh, tattoo art on these guitars ah. and uh so i my my yeah that, that'd be cool it'd be like inlaying you know i mean like it, the similar idea right right art yeah and yeah. then and then i would go to some big city you know and and go to the art center and and get some uh you know art dealer to put them up on the wall and it would be all prison art guitars and uh so uh, but most of these ideas never make it out of my head. But I did have this guy who who ran ran a ferry boat uh, between these two places uh, out in the bush in Australia where we lived. There was a guy who ran a ferry boat uh -huh. right right outside our house, and he was covered with tattoos and had spent most of his life in prison. Yeah. And I bought him one of these fifty dollar guitars and took it to him, and he was talking a big game, and he was all excited yeah, yeah, about yeah, how yeah. he was going to tattoo art all over the yeah, guitar, yeah. and uh, and then. He just went overboard. It was so exciting. Yeah. You know, he just, I think he relapsed and, you know, because oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. the whole thing was too much. For yeah, him, yeah, so. yeah. Well, you still, you know, you got your little, little moment of that. But yeah, that would have been cool to pull off. Yeah. It reminds me of, um, I was just listening to an interview with, um, the one of the main characters from, from, you probably would know him better than me, but it was like the M somethings, the M, uh, yeah, I, I can't mm. remember the name. Mm. M fives, M, mm. M something five. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, but they were. I, I'm sure that if you knew the MC five, Motor City five. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. they were phenomenal. Yeah, they, yeah, was, exactly. They, they were a great entertainment. So who was the main guy? In I don't remember. I, but well, I just. But here, I do I mean, remember they used to do a show. It was an amazing interview. Show. See, a lot of times I hear these interviews yeah. and I don't even know who I'm listening, but but yeah. they're amazing. I mean, yeah, yeah. This guy, um, WTF's a podcast. That, I think they were pretty raunchy. I, I I think um, what I heard was they they got into like kind of the socialist sort of thing oh. and and they like got got really you know rebellious during the 60s 70s oh, sort of MC5. you know yeah uh, um yeah and um it was it was very interesting I mean he had a long history uh, I remember they were a great show band they were a great show band is it no not Wayne Kramer I don't know them I don't know who they yeah. would have been individually. Now, let me just 
who is responsible for the music that set the stage for the co-founder of the seminal rock group mc5 wayne comes to the garage to talk about mark about 60s jazz iggy pop the white panther party Mm -hmm. and white panther uh uh, prison drugs and the whole lot more so so yeah yeah he had a lot of a lot of problems but it was also i mean his life was phenomenal as i as i recall i think their 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 main thing uh, they had a I think their show at the end of their show, the fronts of their pants dropped off. Oh, and uh, I never saw it, but I heard about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. They, they had a. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Well, either, either way, he he has some some thing he's doing with prisons now. Oh, he's he's yeah. uh has some. Oh, then some, I take it back. That wasn't them at all. Yeah, <laughs> he has that was he, a different group. He has a music. Um, uh, thing uh, music program he's doing th- with prisons that you uh-huh. know to get get music into prisons you know people okay. that that are, are that they have any art artistic inclination and everything right you know and, but but i mean he had a really bumpy past but it was just interesting to hear about that it reminded me of that yeah um i thought maybe maybe mc5 would i, I didn't even it, it's so funny I'll, I'll listen to this thing and i'll feel like i would get completely into it and you know a lot of people say like you watch a movie about uh something you completely don't know about but you could still get pulled in by the drama of it all you know right. and like i'd never seen mc5 but i just it was a great conversation yeah, I don't even remember uh, what songs were theirs, but I just I remember they were a great band. I yeah, think, uh, we ought to as soon as we finish, we ought to look check up out something. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so it's it's interesting um, uh, getting getting into a little bit of the the music talk and everything. Um, but like I was saying before, you you this is um, the studio you put together. I mean, maybe we could talk a little bit about how you you planned it out a little bit. Like like first of all, this is uh, made out of a dog kennel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a pretty pretty nice dog kennel. <laughs> well, it wasn't. It was it oh, was a yeah. smelly, uh, very you know smelly thing that had been abandoned for I don't know, who knows fifteen or twenty years. But generally big. Uh, well, it's ten. It's ten feet by thirty feet. Yeah. Yeah, ten feet by thirty feet. And the thing that that made me think that it would make a good studio is you see how the walls go out. Uh huh. See, so what you want in a studio, uh, in a in an acoustic space, is no square walls. You don't want walls that are just plain facing each other, because uh, w- when you do that, you um, you just get the sound bouncing back and forth. And what you want to do is you want the sound to develop around the room with interesting, interesting features, you know. So I thought this would make a nice space. But uh, I think mainly my wife went out of town. And uh, I, uh, you know, these kinds of things, you know, um, I kind of have to do on my own. If I say it to anybody... Uh, they always, you know, you say stuff to people. They say, "Oh, you can't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're gonna take a dog kennel and turn yeah. it into it. So you can't do that." And uh, but I really, really wanted a studio badly, and I couldn't stand anybody telling me that so, I couldn't do so it. So what was the motive? Why did you want a studio so bad? Uh, because if you see the cottage across the way that we were uh-huh. living in, there, uh-huh. there's no door. It, it's such a tiny place. There's no door. You know, we couldn't get away from each other, you know, if we, if we tried. Yeah. So uh, though it was just the two of us in there, it was a very tight space. And I knew I couldn't set up a studio in there. There was nothing I could do. So I, I had to, you know, so I called the landlady and I said, could I, you know, uh, convert the, the, the studio? And I guess I said it with such authority, she believed me that I could do it. 
<laughs> and I didn't actually know I could do it. That's good. Uh, so I mean, I'm I'm impressed. I mean, this is a great looking place. Um, and I I I don't, I don't know if I um, but I the friends that listened to probably remember from way back. I I talked about how I would play music out in the car. That was, that was one of my solutions to that problem. And it works pretty good. You know, I mean, Uh, it's a tight space. The car is pretty well, you know, insulated, but, but still, you know, it it seems a little silly to be in there. But then again, I I actually started recording this podcast in the car. Oh, yeah, it was a uh, character, you know, and, and uh, yeah, I mean, you've just come to, a long way. Yeah, come, I'll tell I, you. yeah exactly. <laughs> it, it is funny. I mean, but uh, yeah, just to have that that space. I mean, even if you're not looking to necessarily record, just to have a space to play music without having to worry about bothering anyone. Yeah, I mean, yeah. practicing. I mean, I, understandably, is a, is a lot of uh, annoying noise. You know. Yeah. I mean, performances yeah. are one thing, but practicing you, you got to play it sometimes oh yeah well the worst thing was when i was uh now we're going to do it again too uh being on the internet in out here was not good and uh so you know now that you know uh we've met each other and you're using yeah. the place and we want to uh get back on the internet so we can upload some recording software and stuff like that uh, I don't, you know, it's such a distraction. The internet is such a distraction. Yeah. And, and about a year and a half ago, I got the internet out of here and I came here. That's how I learned the banjo. I came here every morning at five thirty, and I had, I had to be back at home at eight o'clock, you know, to get ready to go to work. I came here every morning at five thirty and practiced the banjo religiously. Mm-hmm. No internet. Yeah. Uh, before I had the internet, I get here at, when I had the internet. I got here at five thirty and checked my email. I said, "Oh, I'll just check my email," and I got no practicing done. You know, I spent until eight o'clock, and I went back and there was no practicing done. Yeah, now now we got all got devices that have the internet right on us, and I've I've had yeah. I've you know I had that for a while. Right now I don't. Uh, close to it, I mean, there's enough Wi-Fi all over this uh, yeah. campus now that it's close to it, but it's not not quite enough. But uh, yeah, I mean it's it's like like a you know double-edged sword. You know, you like it's addictive that connection. But then you know having it on you all the time, like then then you 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 can never get away. But yet you can't leave the house without it. You know, like like bad. Yeah, it's it's really bad. bad. How how easily that happens. It's bad. When we were in Japan, we had um, uh, I was uh, had one job in a school. And, um, you know, teaching uh, English, you know, it's just conversational English. And, and uh, the kids didn't take it very seriously because they didn't have tests in it. So they would come. And the Japanese children, by that time, they're 10 years ahead of us in terms of telephone technology. They were already texting in 2001. Yeah, they know? have the fastest internet. I remember my, my friend Chris was protesting the fact that they, they, like, the common Japanese internet connection is, like, 10 times, if not whatever, 20 times faster than our connection. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So these kids, uh, they 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 actually um, they distributed. They got telephones going in Japan by giving them away to school children. Ah. That's how they saturated the society with telephone technology. They gave them away to school children, yeah. and then they addicted all of their school children. Uh-huh. And and the school children and they couldn't couldn't then tell the kids that they couldn't use them in school. Uh-huh. So the kids would be in school, 
And then they'd have to go to after-school programs, special what they call juku programs, to uh-huh. uh, to study to pass the tests to go on in school. And uh, you know, I I think they uh, well, we'll see what the future brings. I I haven't been back there. I don't know how they've I, how it's worked. I've out. actually talked about it because Japan has um, come into the headlines with uh, the fact that they their um, level of uh, sexuality, their 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 kind of um, what is it like average now yeah. um there are virgins in japan up to the age of 30 like it's like an average now like um that they don't like like there's a come a desensitization and mm. uh, uh, almost an asexualness that's starting to come across in japan mm. and the way they make up for it is they have simulated you know relationship oh, yeah. games or simulated yeah. you know whatever like you, you know what i'm talking about there's yeah. simulated version yeah. of everything yeah. and uh if you ever think of which culture is like ahead of the wave on this in this sort of um being plugged in i guess you could say japan is probably one of them that's what made oh. me kind of think of that uh what well, I, I and and also the yeah. fact they're not having kids now that be that you know that's great that'd be a great thing to get out into the world probably yeah really it's, it's false, like a it's like a su- it's you, a, a a test it's yeah, a, yeah it's a lab yeah. test like if you yeah yeah if you too much on the on the telephone they they call it the ketai denwa or the too much on the telephone uh-huh. you lose your libido yeah yeah, yeah. I, i'm sure it's yeah. true yeah yeah i, I i'm sure they and you know uh, but it's funny because you know what they're gonna do? They'll just give you a pill for it you know, to get your libido back. But maybe, yeah. yeah, you know that's pretty much the solution. You know, it's not it's not to correct the cause; it's to um, just just uh, fix it with a pill. You know, yeah, that you can sell. Yeah, that maybe you can that's sell. the whole idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. So it's not like stop, you know, getting on cell phones. All of a sudden, you right. see it's an ad for for testosterone pills. Right. Um, but yeah, that's also true. Kind of like, like testosterone is being kind of thrown out a lot more. And I don't know if that's just a a gimmick because, you know, a lot of people say that testosterone, it's like a, it's a baloney. It's BS. Like you don't need supplementals testosterone. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and when you, and it's like anything, if you get it, then all of a sudden you get off it and you, you have like the, you know, you become normal to have that high level of testosterone. So all of a sudden you like retreat into like a, whatever, like a low testosterone state when you don't get the pill. So oh it's my. like, you know, it's another one of those cases of, um, you know, where, where really, you know, it's, it's like, we're trying to give a pill to solve it, but it's really just get off your ass and stop being on the computer so long and start exercising a little bit and you'll see your testosterone come back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or at least get out, you know, move. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, you know, ever, ever since uh, I've got away from the internet out here, you know, uh, my wife can tell you, I've been chasing her around all over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. I, I, <laughs> I know what you mean. I mean, but but seriously, the headlines in Japan—it's like it's almost epidemic. Like their their level really? of because I mean, if you don't have sex, you don't have okay, kids. Okay, okay, right? Look, yeah, something you had to take into consideration with Japan is that if a few people do it, a lot of people do it. Yeah, you know, they they really are still you know as as individuality has hit Japan in a big way. But everything that hits Japan in a big way hits everybody in a big way. So if if um, if that if the trends happen there and they sweep over the country like a wave, yeah. You know, so so you, maybe this could be easy come, easy go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, things really waves waves run through that society you know, all the time. Yeah, that's very interesting. I, I 
I mean, I, I think isn't isn't that generally an uh, Oriental or Asian um, sort of uh, thing where there's this this very high sense of uniformity? Like that's why yeah, group like, consciousness. Group consciousness. Yeah. That's kind of why like um, like communism and the way it works in China, like it it kind of still works in yes. some way because of their their sense of yes. common self. Yes, and in the language, like yeah. for example, in the Japanese language. Uh, it, the Japanese language is so kind of uh, complex because it's got this emotional element to it, or the Japanese have an emotional element to themselves and they bring it into the language, I don't know. But it's, it's in the language. When a Japanese person is communicating with another Japanese person, they're looking very closely at the, the weight of their words and, and how, how their words are, are, are perceived is very important to them. I've seen very, very intelligent people taking a whole day to write a simple letter to somebody, you know, just, just to weighing what's I, what you know what's going to be the perfect way to say something they uh you know the humor in japan is all based on word games you know everything is based on the on the language so um the uh they live inside each other and the language is a language that they've developed a language that enables them to to you know, really perceive each other's hearts all the time. They're really looking very closely so, to so each other. So it's like um, you know, like uh, Eskimos have a million words for snow, and they got a million words for emotions, um, right? Or, or your heart, how how you feel. Yeah, they're very, they're very, fe- they're very feeling oriented, and at the same time. You know, um, look. You know, somebody's going to come back and say, "What are you talking about?" You know, <laughs> Japanese aren't like that. In my opinion, they're well. Of course, we know that the symbol of Japan is the moon, right? Uh-huh. And and although the rise, the sun is is the uh, um, the flag, the, the flag. But they're really people of the moon. If you ask them, they're they're watery. They're uh, they're emotional. Uh, they're not fiery like the sun they're people of the moon they're people of the night they or the twilight between the you know between times now i don't i don't know much about japan's history but they also had a very warlike history you know what i mean like like a lot of tribalism and and then eventually you know world war ii you know they got swept up in that yeah you know big time yeah enough to like do what they did to china but i mean like like Mm. thinking about that you know japan had that in them too yeah, you know what I mean? sure did. It's it, it to me now. It's it's so uh, confusing. I really don't understand the Japanese. That's the main thing about me. We lived there for three years. Yeah. And uh, I walked away more confused than the day I arrived. I, I, that I must have been I something. I love them dearly. I mean, I really are just wonderful, wonderful people, but really, really confusing. Uh-huh. And um, my wife understands them, you know, better than I do, but, you know, her understanding is, is reflected toward me as shut up. Uh-huh. You know, you're going <laughs> to, you, know, you, know, you, know, you don't know what you're talking about and you're going to make, you're going to hurt somebody's feelings, yeah. so just keep your mouth shut. Uh-huh. I tell you, for the three years we were there, my my legs were black and blue. I mean, uh, under the table, my wife is kicking yeah. me all the time. So, I guess you know the the key is sensitivity in Japan, and I'm you know I guess I wasn't really as it, sensitive. It, now, sensitivity. I, I mean, this is something that I I'm sure like sensitivity kind of connects connects to consciousness, right? I mean, because you can't be sensitive <laughs> yeah. unless you're conscious, right? right? And so, so being conscious is like, like that's that's a big thing that I've had a hard time because, like, I almost feel like, you know, like I learned the golden rule and I felt like I could stick with that, you know. But it really, it's uh, golden rule is kind of 
mis misplayed because really what people want is you to be conscious of them you know what i mean of what they care about yeah you know and and so like especially dealing with with um you know like challenges of all the time like 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 including being a husband you know mm-hmm. and everything you got to kind of figure out that you know like i can't go by just the rule of like do unto others as i would like done unto me because mm-hmm. that that obviously doesn't you know convert because not everyone wants done what i want done to me you know what i mean i mean that's mm-hmm. actually not uh, hardly anybody wants done to themselves unless you go down to the basic things and so mm-hmm. really my wife wants to be conscious of the things that she's conscious of you know so that mm-hmm. i can be conscious and be thoughtful ahead of when she before she has to tell me about mm-hmm. it and that that's that's tough you know and mm-hmm. um cause, well that's that's love that yeah. that's the definition of of uh of love yeah is uh, well, one of the, the the definitions of love, especially in relationships, is that we um, that we do just that. What your wife is asking for, we yeah. know that we we uh, think of the other person and and uh, what their needs are and how we can make them happy and and all that. It's it's a, a hard uh, hard thing to do, and I think women in general are much better at it. Much <laughs> much much better at it. Isn't it funny like how we're working at you know, I mean you you spent eight years as a co worker uh-huh. um uh, at at the, the fellowship mm-hmm. and um and and so like how many, you know, women make it to that age, but how many men just drop like flies? at uh, the fellowship? Well, for any real older population. Oh, oh and working with the elderly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well um, it's it's probably three to one, right? Maybe four to one. Yeah, men die younger. Die younger, and, but mm. I mean, there's got to be. I I mean, I'm sure there's some sort of um, physical point to it, but I think it's a different. I think it's it's. I think there's things that keep you going at that time of life. It's all about your attitude. Well, no matter what age you die, um, you know what you'll see. Uh, what I saw uh, working with the elderly for eight years is I saw people that I would want to be like. Uh-huh. It's plain and simple. I saw people that I would want to be like, and I saw people that I wouldn't want to be like. But I also saw people in circumstances that uh, had physical realities to them that if I am like that, well, there's nothing I can do about it. There's one gentleman there, you know, we wouldn't ever use any names, but there's one gentleman yeah. there who, uh, to me, who was a teacher of mine. You know, he, he. Matter of fact, I was working with him tonight. Yeah. Oh and, yeah. And, yeah. And 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 he's uh, got Alzheimer's, and he, um, uh, you know, he was he was actually he was a football player with Bucknell. When I was a kid, I probably saw him as quarterback at Bucknell. The early television yeah. uh, football was top ten football, and and uh, I think it was Bucknell or Colgate or you know one of those schools, um, Rice. One of those. It was a top ten school. And uh, he was a quarterback. I must have seen him. But anyway, he taught me uh, about economics. He trained me in care. He, um, he taught me all kinds yeah, of things. And, and I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, and uh, like, um, what was, it, what was I going to say? Yeah. And so, so I was having a conversation with friends, mm-hmm. uh, other coworkers, and, they, and the conversation led to, because of the unique nature of this place, is that 
Now think about who who are the people that we're going to have to take care of like that, that are, you know, on, on the list of things. If we think we're going to be here for another 10 years, mm. all right, this person we're probably going to have to take care of this yeah. person. Yeah. You know, we, we're thinking of like, there, yeah. there's probably four or five that are really close, really like, yeah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> you know, I, I hope that uh, you, you would last a little longer than 10 years, but who knows? <laughs> who you knows? never know. Who knows? Uh, but um, yeah, exactly. And the unique situation, but it's also, it's a beautiful thing, you know, I mean, like to think that it's almost like, um, you know, a parachute, you know, like the golden parachute they talk about, like it's some sort of parachute, like a heavenly parachute, you know, where uh-huh. you're just very able to be guided in the, the hands of the community once you just can't pick yourself up, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, that is the, uh, that's the idea behind this particular intentional community. It's, it has to do with people in the middle age caring for the children caring for the land and caring for the elderly and then as they age the people who have come up from uh you know who have come up the the younger people take uh take care of them and that's basically the way families used to work up until not too long ago you know basically i guess it started to change heavily with the industrial revolution but that wasn't that too that long ago you know that's that's the thing that i found very um appealing about the Amish we lived amongst them a lot that um the one thing that you know because a lot of the rules kind of get silly you Mm know uh but it's actually very similar it's an intentional community Mm -hmm. you know because what they did was they said no to the grid Mm -hmm. you know they thought of the grid back then as connectedness like the the electricity went you were connected to the world that was where they cut off their their um things because it's almost like nothing should be higher than our community and so their community is you know the elders in their community are the most respected people there and you don't even think of the president or anybody as Mm -hmm. being any any more important than anything else it's all just a la-di-da like not i'm not involved in it my day to day but you know of course there's a little irony because they use the roads they use the blah 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 but you know they you know they pay their taxes they do everything but still all in all what they're trying to do no matter what the little minute details because they're different in every community is Mm -hmm. just the fact that they preserved that community they Mm -hmm. don't connect to the grid Mm -hmm. you know they don't Mm -hmm. connect well they're they're religious yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, uh, Anabaptists, part yeah, of that movement, yeah, yeah. which so, stemmed out of like the Re- Reformation. Right. So, so if you're part of a hierarchical, um, you know, that's a kind of a hierarchical thing. A little bit. And yeah. That, that means, you know, it, it, it kind of, does it does it mean that well, God is at the top. Yeah. And uh, so it really, really doesn't matter. Uh, n- nobody's getting. You know, no society, no matter what their technology brings them, is is getting closer to God by virtue of their technology. You know, uh, and therefore, you know, we can re- we can maintain our in a hierarchical connections, uh, which are most important to us to God by not allowing an interference of a technological community that lives around us. And the the temptation of the technological community or the technological connection is that you feel like a unified world. You know, more and more the world feels more unified. And that's the, the, the temptation because, you know, as things get bigger and bigger, nations become, you know, continents become worlds, become, you know, whatever. It's like, it's just it's got such a grandiosity, you know, it's like sometimes getting so much into that. It's so appealing to look at the stars, 
because mm-hmm. that's just all of a sudden, oh, wait, I'm nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. And the more and more bigger you feel like you could be, the more f- closer to the heavens you feel like, you know? It's like mm-hmm. it's like this dualism we have, that we we need so much our, our, our day-to-day community, and yet we also have this uncontrollable urge to go for the stars right yeah. oh yeah 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 we want to we want to know everything to sail we want to be eternally happy and we want to live forever mm-hmm. you know and everything is either once is another is one side or another of each of those say less three coins you know the one coin we want to know everything the other side of that coin is absolute ignorance you know, another coin is we want to be eternally happy. Well, the other side of that coin is we're absolutely miserable. <laughs> and the other, you know, coin would be uh, we want to live forever. And, you know, we're so, you know, totally consumed with questions of mortality all the mm-hmm. time, totally afraid of death, you know, mm-hmm. co- you know, motivated by our fear of death from the minute we wake up in the morning to when we go to sleep at night. So, yeah. uh, so and that's from a desire to live forever is that we should spend our life being afraid of death. You know, so, so it's, it's, it's quite a trick. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I, um, I, that's been brought up a lot in this podcast is the dualism. Dualism exists everywhere. And I, that's, it's kind of interesting that being brought up, but like it, it's everywhere. And, um, it's almost like, you know, it's kind of funny how it, it came. Um, I think they remember that there being something about when they did the equation that, that they figured out that there was like the, the theory of dark matter, like the fact that. You know, you go to the right side of leisure, but actually you go to the left side of leisure too. You know, there's even in math, if you cross cross the zero, that's your cross of the two sides, right? Yeah. You know, like math in its in its logical way is even is still got that dualism in every sort of direction. You know, if any direction you go, you can go the exact equal and opposite direction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just think I think that's it's it's. I don't know that it's 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 a little bit of a, a possible like look into the truth. I think like just mm-hmm. the fact to know, just be conscious that there's always the equal and opposite, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, and with everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you you got your dope uh, dobro right? Yeah. Um, let play it play it a little bit. That's uh, being picked up nice. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll keep my hand on the board. So, um, you know, we, we were thinking about playing something on the spot. And you're already getting going. By the way, if you missed the day, this is Sam Leopold. Sam Leopold. People moving out of the trees. Everybody said, Welcome, stranger. Come on in and sit yourself down. I'm in this whole world over. There's plenty of world to go around. Plenty of world to go around. Plenty of world to go around. In time. 
times of pain and trouble, you could find your bed with only sky above you and rocks beneath your head. Though you're all unsettled, it's all been seen before. In times the soul was fettered, in times we went to war. In times of transmigrations, in times to choose up sides. Times of Tailspin of a fall. You can read it right to left, to left to right, but you got to read the writing on the wall. You can read it right to left, to left to right, but you got to read the writing on the wall.
we just jump right into that one? Uh-huh. <laughs> that was good. That was excellent. So wh- yeah. wh- who was that? Uh, that was the song I wrote. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Sweet. It was in a key that I don't usually sing in, but... Yeah, it was, it was like, what, in the key of... Uh, it uh, was in the E minor, but... Uh, it, was, it wasn't It was quite... It was at a F sharp and a C sharp, so... Yeah. So it would be... Um, then it would D. D. Yeah. Well, no. Um, F sharp, C sharp is D. Unless it had some other ones. Yeah, but in the key of D, but it would be two two notes down. Uh, why am I... B minor. It was B minor. B minor. Yeah. It's a nice key. Yeah. Um... I usually do it a uh, whole step lower than that. But. Yeah. Uh, but a, I thought a, it had a, a lot of the themes that we were talking about in it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wasn't able to pay attention to much of the words. What what, what, what inspired you? What's that? Uh, let's see. Um, well, um, let's see. Uh, it's kind of a, a song. It was, uh, I think, after... Um, maybe after 9-11 or something like that. But ever, even ever since I was a kid, I always had this feeling, you know, because when, when I was raised in our mama's, in our mother's milk, we had uh, the, the possibility, the plausibility of nuclear annihilation came to us in our mother's milk because, you know, we were right at the end, you know, we were born right after the bomb. You're, you're like, a, you know, you're like a... Uh, what, what was I going to say? As, um, not a stereotype. What was a, a, a classic baby boomer, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. What, what was it? What's 1948. Yeah. But what's, yeah so the, what's the word for, what I'm looking for? Baby it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. But, but you're a baby boomer. Yeah, I am a baby boomer. You are uh, uh, the definition of baby boomer. Yeah, I'm a, I am really. I'm at, the, I'm at the older, a little bit of the older, not oldest, but, you know, that would have started in 1946, and I'm 1948. Yeah, that 46 yeah. is the your Right after the war. Born. 45 was, was the war. So right after, you know, 45, 46. So, um, so uh, we had this, you know, this in the 50s with the Cold War and all this, you know, the bomb was going to drop. So, or could drop at any time. So I always had this feeling, and ever since then I've always had this feeling, that at any moment everything could, you know, be gone all around me. And if I lived, I would just be kind of walking, and and that would be it. And I would just, if I was alive, I would be walking. If I knew other people, we would be walking together. And uh, we would just basically be walking. So it's it's uh the chorus of the song is in times of pain and trouble you can you might you could find your bed with only uh, sky above you and rocks beneath your head and though you're all unsettled it's all been seen before in times the soul was fettered now i'm trying to make myself feel better in times the soul was fettered in times we went to war in times of transmigrations and times to choose up sides and times of prideful nations and times of genocide when you're upside down and back and a tailspin of a fall. You could read it right to left or left to right. That's from the Bible. But you got to read read the writing on the wall. You know, I mean, it could it could come at you from one side of the world to the other side of the world. But the writing on the wall is, uh, you know, for me, it's it's you know, is to not be obsessed with annihilation, but to be, you know, present to the. World. Yeah. See, I I kind of I actually was kind of bringing up the subject. I, I, if I get, if I'm getting you, like, this is how I kind of see it is that, like, um, it's kind of one of, I mean, it's not exactly a carpe diem, but it's kind of similar. It's this kind of attitude that you, you never know what's going to get you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you got to kind of embrace it and then forget about it. 
mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, and so, so I think, you know, my, my friend replied that like, you know, I'm not one of those doom and gloom guys, you know, mm-hmm. and that was like, um, uh, in response and I, I, I thought I'm, that's not really what I'm going for. I'm just going for like a state of mind, like a state of mind that's kind of beyond death and beyond the end of everything. And also a state of mind that's beyond the sort of, um, you know, Kool-Aid fed to us or whatever you want to call it, that, that we are completely safe, you know, that we're mm-hmm. in this like beautiful little, you know, I mean, it really, we, we're in this artificial sense of, of safeness. But then again, it is what creates a peaceful nation, but you can't you can't be naive to the fact that there's always a hard life out there you know the world is not like for certain you know i mean even even to the extent of even saying there could be a meteor that hits us but not even that you know anything could happen not even to just me getting a car accident today you know but also the whole world has some ways oh, that it yeah. could just go kaboom. Yeah. You... Or, 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 you know, uh, another perspective, there's some kid walking down the street in Brooklyn tonight or Queens or, or you know, any any number of places yeah, the, in New the Delhi, dark whatever. And, and, uh, and, you know, there's some cop stalking him who's going to, uh, you know, probably, uh, you know, find a little bit of dope on him or something like that. And this kid's going to wind up in jail for the rest of his life, you know, in and out of the prison system. Yeah. And they, I mean, they, they were talking a lot about that with the MC5, you yeah. know, that the prison system, you know, you don't see anybody with any money. You know, it's so hard to imprisonate someone with money, but the poor people, you know, you imprisonate them for the for the smallest thing it well yeah that's for right. anything that's i right. mean they're the only people but being if they are us if they are us you know i mean we're 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 talking about you know uh uh well the bomb could drop on us at any yeah. minute well the bomb is going to drop on, on that kid that in five kid. minutes from now yeah that's going to be the bomb i mean that he, scenario he, or even just the fact that you know there's some kid in brooklyn that's going to get shot tonight that's right you know? So yeah, so it's so. What, I, mean, I don't know the statistics, but I'm sure it's pretty often. Right, right, yeah. right. So, yeah. so, what the hell? I mean, it. You know, this is kind of a revelation for me, right? This moment, right at this mm-hmm. moment, you know, it's kind of a revelation for me. You know, like revelation, kind of a funny word for it too. Yeah, it revelation is, kind it? of feels like the yeah, you know, yeah. like a rebirth or yes, yes. Well, if only I could maintain the thought. Uh, uh, you know, when we turn yeah, this machine going. off. But the uh, the the um, just w- you know what we've been talking about you know you you got these these macro um, you know uh, horrors uh, you know in our heads all the time you know thinking of this you know dystopian war world after the bomb drops and you know we have these moments to survive and all that but in much of the world right this moment. People are in that very situation. People are in that very situation. I oh, mean, yeah. the horrors that's taking with, place with, all over the within world. Within us, I mean, I mean, like I could say, you know, if someone's in the ghetto, that might there might be odds of certain things happening more than others. But generally, we're all in the same boat. But then again, like you're saying, there's some people that are in a really critical boat, like you are. You could be gone to the, tomorrow or t- today. I yeah. mean, there's some some. I mean, I mean, like you're saying. I'm sure it's and it's a significant amount of just unstable areas and people in situations that are just out of control. I oh. mean, it, not. I mean, within our society and within out and and in some societies, most of the society. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, 
in a way, you know, you kind of want to get in touch with uh, with the blessing that is this moment for you and I. <laughs> you know, uh, here we are in this lovely little studio. You know, smiling, smiling at each other, and yeah, yeah, and yeah. and uh, and talking, uh, and at the same time. And is in my belief system, you know, is it's it's um, you know more and more uh, f- feeling like I'm a part of the whole world. Uh, so I, I'm, I always have to turn off the uh, horror that I'm feeling that a part of me right now is being you know tortured, or a part of me is being you know. Uh, uh, drowned, or a parting part of me is, is, is has a disease and is lying on a cot in a you know in a ha- thatch under a thatch roof someplace, with no medicine. Or my child is is you know uh, you know dying at my feet, or you know these all of these horrors going on. I I have we one has to like continually put these out of out of your mind, and we do. And how do we do that? We do that by, you know, by occupying ourselves with lovely little things, you know, uh, and and things, yeah, stuff, yeah. We uh, we occupy, yeah. We go buy a pair of shoes, yeah. you know, or or um, or stuff like that. The, the it's, stuff cycle. It's the know? stuff, yeah. And we we could be, uh, but at the same time, you know, we can't be. There are philosophies that that do. Uh, many there are philosophies that one uh, can learn, and and techniques that one can learn in these philosophies, and sometimes these philosophies uh, look a lot like religions, that help uh, that help one uh, you know put, reconcile all that stuff. You know, mm-hmm. there's an aspect of Eastern like Vedanta philosophy, yeah, aspects of Buddhism, like the overwhelming feeling that like how could I ever feel not guilty, right? Right. How could I ever feel not guilty for where I am, what I'm doing right now, right? right. Because there's always something terrible happening. Right. I mean, it also kind of makes me think of the 24-7 news, you know, which oh, is constantly putting on a billboard. This yeah. is what's terrible happening right now. This is happening yeah, yeah. over there in the other yeah, yeah. side of the world, you know, and yeah. there's a million, you yeah. know, there, there's a, what, 7 billion, 8 billion people to choose yeah. from. Yeah. Right? So, 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 I, so it's at a certain level, I want to continually punish myself. Um, by by listening to twenty four seven yeah yeah it's like like it maybe it feeds the animal of like wanting to feel that like little guilt yeah yeah especially if you're a melancholic person you Uh know and I'm I'm somewhat melancholic person you know so that's kind of my temperament Uh, but the um, uh, you know then we have uh, so much this idea especially in the West Buddhism is catching on so strong you know and and the sound that is coming with Buddhism uh, somewhat unfortunate uh, can be somewhat unfortunate if taken in the wrong way is um, you know you know the, the that that um, there's something much much grander at work, something much bigger at work. Join you know that that which is is larger and and um, uh, you know meditate. Be here now. 
you know, this, you know, be here now, oftentimes be here now just turns into ignore everything else, you know, and, 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 and Buddhism isn't saying that, but we're often just motivated, we're often so motivated by turning off the pain, you know, by, by uh, turning away from things. So we look for philosophies that enable us to turn away from the pain. And uh, there are plenty of them to choose from. Christianity certainly offers a lot of, of uh, solace. And uh, Judaism offers a lot of solace. Hinduism, Buddhism, they all offer a tremendous amount of solace. Maybe, maybe, matter of fact, that's what they're all about is, is, is solace, you know, <laughs> comfort from in the storm. And, um, but, uh, well, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally, I mean, it, you know, whether it be a religion or not, we're, we are in, it's either distraction or it's some sort of philosophy that keeps us away from the dark darkness, you know? Uh, but yet like, here, here's what I'm tr- trying to find, but like, like you're trying. I almost feel like you're like, well, but we should have some of that darkness. And so it's like, you know, yeah. How do you do it? How do you figure it out? Because you know, we want to spend all our time. I mean, it's like we can't avoid the darkness, anyways. It's like there's so much darkness that that like we would be consumed with it with it if we didn't have those things. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But but sometimes those things can be so successful that we can stay in them all the time. Mm-hmm. Like like um. You were saying when people get older, it's like almost like like the facade fades away. Those iron curtains of of who you are outside and who you are inside, you know, mm-hmm. are faded away. And some people, maybe genuine people, who knows? Like like, there's no difference. They 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 become an old like a uh, a uh, uh, you know what what a, a dimension person, and they they all of a sudden turn the same basically the same kind of kind sweet person that they used to be and there's some people that get dementia and all of a sudden they're like this whoa who's this person oh yeah you know yeah, yeah. Or, um like either either in like a bad way sometimes a silly way some people yeah. like get a little like uh frisky you know yes some people get nasty some people yes. get a very very self-involved like uh like little like yeah. like very egocentric like go back to a place like that mm-hmm. in general in general, um, if you know people for a long time, my experiences in general, if I've known people for a long time, and they they uh, come and they have dementia, nothing nothing in their behavior actually surprises me. I will see. But does their aspect. behavior change? The behavior, of course, changes tremendously, but there's nothing in it that is is a complete surprise. Nothing is a complete surprise. There's there's a great story in I think it's one of C.S. Lewis's books. uh, I think it's a Great Divorce, where um, uh, one of the characters uh, set it up. They're they're in purgatory. they're on their way, moving up towards heaven from coming out of purgatory. And this fellow is being guided around in this beautiful little place that's in the foothills of heaven. And there's all these characters going around. And the, gui- the guide is, is uh, you know, giving commentary on all these characters. And one of the characters 
is uh, a woman who is really nasty. And uh, she's just, just really nasty and cursing everybody out and, and all this. And uh, the, so the, the um, you know, main character, the protagonist says to the person who's guiding him, geez, what, what happened to her? And the, the, the guide, uh, an angel, uh, says, well, it started as a snit. What does a snit mean? A snit, a little, the tiniest little annoyance. It started as a snit. And, you know, when, when, when you read that, you get this sense that, yeah, you know, I, I once had this personally. I had the Aunt Doris, you know. Uh, Aunt Doris was, was really hell. I mean, to take care of, to do anything with, you know, after my parents had died and all this, I got stuck with Aunt Doris. I had to take care of her. Your, her your in, Aunt Doris. My Aunt Doris. I put her in a home down in, uh, in Philadelphia, and, and it was terrible, and I had to get her and bring her up to Brooklyn, and she was so angry at me. And uh, and she cursed me. I would go visit her, and she would curse me, and and all this stuff. And yet, when I looked at her, I mean, from the stories I'd heard about Doris since I was a little kid to all the way up through her, you know, uh, her middle age and everything I knew about her, I, I didn't know her that well. We moved to Chicago. She lived in Philadelphia. But but you know, everything I knew about her, it all made sense that Doris turned into this horrible, horrible, mean old lady, you know, who would strike out at anybody who came near her. You know, and, and they had to put her nearly in a cell in this home where, where she was. And it's funny with that sort of thing, because, like, you knew her. And then now she's probably, what, she probably ended up in some home where she had to be taken care of by a lot of people, right? Yeah. And yeah. so your aunt, now that kind of private lady that you knew as that, you know, now yeah. in this public space is like that lady. Yeah. That nasty lady. Yeah, that, that's right. <laughs> you know, but, yeah. and, and they're not not that many you no, know there's but usually started... one out of five or two that's you know, right I, like I, I was saying like at, at um i don't want to get too specific but at every table there was at least one crab in, yeah and yeah. miss everyone else you yeah know? that's and right it's like they're spread out yeah yeah, yeah. and and uh, and the people who are really really sweet these sweet old ladies you know they've you know, you, you wouldn't necessarily say well they've been sweet all their life but if you knew them all their life you wouldn't be surprised by there's nothing there's no change that happens to a person that is surprising you know even well alzheimer's is devastating because uh you know eventually the person loses all capacities so as they transgress or however you know i, I don't i don't know actually what the what the mechanics of it are but as they kind of go Mm, you know, you, uh, you kind of no, see it. As... It's true, it's kind of like going backwards. Going like they, backwards. They, they, yeah. yeah, like I mean, yeah. I, I, that's a, kind of a good way to put it. Like you yeah. start with your most recent memories get lost first, and that goes deeper and deeper yeah, into yeah. those like, yeah. like hardcore learned as a child things, and then eventually nothing. Right, right, and so that that's a particularly devastating thing, and it goes through, it goes through phases. And if you know the person, you can kind of understand those phases. But, you know, like uh, we cared for a woman here uh, who was a wonderful viola player. You know, she played in orchestras and, and all this. And, you know, towards the end, she had... That was my first experience with Alzheimer's. And she had a... Uh, you know, she just kind of became very quiet and very still. And, you know, she didn't, of course, play any instrument anymore or, or have anything to do with music or whatever. The, even, but in late stages, she would sometimes sit at the piano and just play, you know, one little note here or there. Uh, but you could tell, you know, she had been a very, very sweet woman, you know. 
and then other people you could tell you know that a snit started along the line and they just you yeah know, it made me think of a negative feedback loop one snit and then it just went oh, yeah that's right. That's right. that's right that's right that's yeah. right yeah um that is funny and it, you know that's almost one of those fate things like you might be just fatefully become that that crabby person because that that one fateful thing hit you at this perfect time where you just one thing led to another yeah it's it's funny um uh and i just saw one one specific experience my own grandma where it was kind of interesting like because this probably exists a lot too um where you have these people these authoritative like very strong you know um people uh and so my grandma was one of those you know you don't cross my grandma she's she's very very strict and you but i mean for all the good reasons you know but still yeah. like you don't cross her you know i remember um <clears throat> one of my examples i always bring for because i spent i spent a summer with her while she was still with it you know it was probably in her mid 80s she's like right at the the end you know of her like being in control you know um she, she i had had this arrangement where i would play tennis with this alzheimer guy like a 90 something year old man it was fun you know he played pretty good tennis he forgot the score after every score i'd have to remind him every time in his 90s that's not so bad it's not so bad no, yeah really? no but but it was still as fun to play yeah. but we would meet at like you know dawn we would meet at like 5 30 in the morning you know and so one day he told me i'm going somewhere the next day you know and so I should have just like thought I shouldn't trust anything he tells me. So, so I, you know, go, I sleep in, I'm like, Oh, I could sleep in past five 30 this morning, yeah. you know? And, uh, she, she like, you know, whips me out of bed and says, he's waiting there for you, you know, like, and, and you, you know, you can't sleep in past five 30, you know, like, like I just thought that was just a hilarious moment where, you know, I was sleeping in to six o'clock, yeah. uh, but you know, and also just dealing with an Alzheimer's guy, but she really didn't like, like she was really angry at me about that, yeah. but that's just kind of the example. She was very, very very strict and very very uh, you know didn't didn't let up you know she she had no sense of humor about that at all and she was she, she got what she wanted you know what i mean yeah. and and so when she started fading and first her ability to take care of herself then her ability to remember things but that she she really didn't get full-on dementia she she remembered a lot of things but there was points where i started to realize like she just it's almost like um what do you call it? Those mechanisms that they were able to kind of fake it, you know, like mm -hmm. they, 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 some old people kind of figure out their little fake, fake thing, you, mm -hmm. you know, they're like, Oh, Hey, how are you oh, yeah, doing? Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. You know? And so basically she turned into that a little bit, but basically she faded into just a very sweet lady. You know, just oh, a very, nice. you know, nice and docile. Uh, so, but, but like. But she, you didn't, you, you recognized that sweet lady. You never didn't recognize her. No, I, ne she wasn't I recognized her too. She wasn't yeah. something, but, you know, I still knew that there was like that, that thought in the mind, but she just kind of, well, I can't do anything anymore. I gave up on that. Or slash, you know, like, she just had a good attitude about it. Yeah. So, you know, that was kind of the way she, she pulled through a lot in her day and it made perfect sense that she was the way she was but it was just kind of nice the fact that okay finally her burden was left was gone and she didn't turn into like the harder parts she just like okay you know now i don't have to be the authority anymore and i just became a sweet old lady <laughs> well, do you think it's possible she did that consciously i don't know 
I don't. I I have no I idea. I mean, but like you were talking about the one guy that was a teacher of yours. You know, like you you I you remember. Yeah. And uh, like he was probably. A, no, he's got real dementia. He, he's oh, got brain damage. Oh, oh yeah, 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 definitely. But but yeah. he um he was probably you know could could you know make your hairs rise you know in a room or something like that oh, right he was, was he was yes, he yeah, one of those he, oh yes yeah and, very and, very strong oh, same man. with so but uh but either way they it's just interesting to to see what happens to that because sometimes something like that like they they would uh you know scared you to death in one time but then they turn you know and a lot of people say well you should have seen them back in the day oh, yeah. you know and so that's another scenario where there's some people that were very you know i mean very nice people but still you know you oh, didn't yeah. want to cross them you know they and and yet when you when well, they get yeah, older this, they become he was very very uh funny thing he, this man that i was talking about he was very controlled he was very controlled. Well, also that he he was working with the eightfold path of Buddha, oh, yeah. so that was uh, that was a significant part of his his life, and so he was very controlled. And uh, before that, he'd been a student of uh, Gurdjieff and Ospensky and the, this uh, Russian mystic guy and his student, and um, uh, so he he was very. Uh, you know, it, it was his his spiritual work was very important to him. His meditation and all that stuff. He was very controlled. He'd also been an executive at AT and T. Hmm. You know, I mean, he he was a high up executive at AT and T. I heard. Yeah, so he 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 was capable. This man, you know, one time we needed money, he he went out and you know made a million dollars selling an art collection in in about a year and a half. You know, I mean, it was it was an amazing thing. It, this guy had incredible skills. Yeah, and, yeah, I, I, yeah. I heard he quickly rise to leadership. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so, I mean, but just thinking about, you know, I mean, obviously, it's not exactly the same. It's not like he, it's not like he eased in a in a saw. Like he obviously had some damage of a stroke or something. Probably. Right? I think I my fantasy is that it was football injuries. <laughs> I but, wouldn't be surprised. Uh, yeah, because he was Enough he bangs played at. He played at a high level, you know. He yeah. he was quarterback for you know a top oh, yeah. ten uh, yeah, yeah, team. Yeah. He must have taken a lot of blows to the head. Yeah, exactly. So so, but but uh, but either way, I mean, there's even part of that. Even when they lose all their marbles in some way, like like there's still a part of me that feels like like the veil was released in some way, and it's just interesting to see that scenario as well. Mm-hmm. But but either way, I think this is we've we've gotten about an hour in here, and I I hope you enjoyed well, your si- an hour. Si- you know Jeez. the the enjoyed the conversation. But um, this this is called I I don't know if you caught it finding the flow with Joel. Uh, that's um, did we find the flow, Joel? I I, I I think the flow was found. I think the flow was overwhelming. You know, it it, it came so quickly. But but okay. either way, um, we 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 could play one more. I was I was thinking I I have this out kind of outro music. Uh-huh. May I play a little lightly as as we find our way out. Now we could always throw in something. But it's also eh, I th- I think it's about time to end. Yeah. But we had a great little musical number. I thought that was great. Um and we could definitely do more. Uh but either way, I you know, I thank you again for this uh studio. It's it's um like there's been this place is full of like um 
almost dreams come true for me. And uh, this is kind of part of the elements of it. I mean, I've, I've had an imagination of having something like this, and it's just like all of a sudden, bam, it's right <laughs> handed in your lap. You know, I mean, it's, it's like I, I, I get the chance to try it out, you know yeah. what I mean, without any risk. You know, I've been looking for someone uh, that I could offer it to. Yeah. So, uh, so you showed up. It was perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, this is amazing, and, and so I, I thank you. And and you know, uh, um, we're working on a project. Hopefully, we can um, you know uh, keep you updated on that. We we, we might um, have a track to play you sometime. Um, that that and and hopefully we'll do more. I mean, uh, it looks like Sam has quite a repertoire of music he's written, right? I have yeah. some of my own. I. I, I think I've I've spent more time on the craft than I have on on the creativity for a while, and I think it's about time that I get back to the creativity. But but then again, this whole this whole idea, this whole thing is all about creativity. So I don't know. It it, it gets out there, one way or another. So um, it's been a pleasure, uh, and uh, and uh, we'll see you soon. Okay. Thank you. <laughs>